Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. Valid 720 to 729, select styles only. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. What's better than this? It's Guys Being Dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. Welcome to the Week 7 College Football Preview Show where my co-host, Mr. Joe Marino, and I will be breaking down all of the pertinent prospect matchups for you to focus on in Week 7 of the college football season. I am Kyle Krabs, founder and director of Scouting and NDT Scouting, NFL and NFL Draft Analyst for FanRag Sports. Joe, as I've already teased, my co-host, Mr. Joe Marino, uh, my assistant director of scouting and NDT scouting, fellow NFL and NFL draft analyst for FanRag Sports. Joe, happy Friday. Uh, I believe we have a game this weekend, so hat tip to you. I'll be sitting on my couch this weekend. <laughs> it's it's going to be an odd feeling uh, getting to just flip on the tube and watch football from home. Uh, so... I can't relate to having a game this weekend, I'm afraid. Why don't you tell everybody where you're going? Yeah, yeah. I, I finally get to even the score. You are one up on me uh, for credential visits this, uh, this fall, and, and now I'm tying it up this weekend, heading back to uh, Durham to see Florida State take on Duke. And um, I will get into the prospects to, to focus on in that game here in just a minute. Um, but, Kyle, you know, one thing that – we need to talk about here that we haven't talked about is an update on live animal mascots. Oh yeah. Yeah. This is, um, this, this has become one of my favorite hypotheticals. When I start thinking about some (laughs) of the schools around the country, like why does the Youngstown state not have a live penguin? And maybe they do. Maybe, (laughs) 
joke could be on us, but yeah, if you're young, you got to have a penguin. That's gotta the, do. yeah, you got to tap into the local zoo and just like, you know, flip one of those eggs out of there, and you know that <laughs> he would be the most popular bird in Ohio, I think. Yeah, one of those emperor penguins. Heck yeah, yeah. yeah. Just bring them out. You could get a little. Uh, you know how the Miami Marlins have that big ugly sculpture out in center field, mm-hmm. their baseball stadium? Mm-hmm. You could get like a big iceberg sculpture for the penguin at the Youngstown State games and let them frolic around and, and swim around, you know, on the sideline of the games. I think that that'd be a great opportunity. So Kyle, you, you ran into the Memphis Tiger and the live mascot that uh, stayed on the field for the entire game in his cage. Have you had anything since that we need to be aware of? No, we've had no – I mean, the games – I was surprised not to see a UConn Husky at the football mm. game on Friday last week. There was none, and I was really disappointed Memphis did not bring their Tiger to Hartford, yeah. Connecticut. That was that it, would have just made the trip worth it right there. I could have turned around and got in the car right after seeing the Tiger and, and drove home. No hokey birds or, or Tigers at your uh, no. visit to Virginia Tech? No hokey birds, no huskies. So it's, it's been a dry spell for me for live animal mascots, which I'm, I'm, now that we're talking about it, I'm actually disappointed about. Oh, let, me, uh, let me bring one to the table. Uh, so I've, I've had two visits to North Carolina State, the Wolfpack. And uh, so I'm sitting, you know, of course, I'm getting in the box as soon as it opens three hours before the game sitting in there. I got to get your pregame meal in and get comfortable with your surroundings, get down to the field a little bit. So I do all that and I'm back back in my seat and I look out into the field and lo and behold, there's a man walking a wolf across the field. Of course, I'm taking pictures. You know, I'm all excited. There's a wolf, you know, on the field. All right. So I'm excited. That's great. I, I, I. I'm enjoying it. Then the first quarter rolls around, and the guy next to me, who had seen me awfully excited about the wolf on the field, he tapped my shoulder and said, hey, your furry friend's in the press box. And I lost it. I looked behind me, 10 feet behind me. Tuffy the wolf is in the press box with me. And uh, that was a major distraction. I went over, pet the wolf, took a picture, and – I, I thought that was quite the experience seeing a wolf on the field and then it being in the press box with me. And, uh, uh, you know, look, it's not every day that, uh, you, you see a wolf on a football field and then he's, then he's 10 feet away from you and you're petting it. So, um, I think that, uh, you know, even though there's been a dry spell with live mascots on your end, I uh, couldn't be more thrilled with my recent encounters. And his name's Tuffy. Tuffy. Yeah. Tuffy the wolf. <laughs> You know what I'd actually yes, enjoy? You know how you and I seem to have um, drafts, correct? You know, we, we have these yeah. competitions every once in a while. I think maybe making some big boards for live animal mascots across the country would be something well, you kind of kind of make our – either we, we make a cumulative board. We can, we can make this a team effort if we want to. Kind of say what mascots would be like the most badass – mascot to have as a live mascot now like duke blue devils i'm out like that's a little (laughs) too freaky for me that's i'm not doing that but you could do like maryland terps for example is not a good example penn state (laughs) penn state nittany lion the fake lions that they made up and named their school mascot after no it's mountain lion it's just they called it nittany lion 
I believe I've read differently, sir. So a live mountain lion would be, I that that has to be up there. Imagine, Uh imagine a a grizzly bear, California. Cal brings out a grizzly bear before the game. Can't lose. No, I mean that. That's literally that would have to be like Roman Colosseum style. Like you drop something up through through center field. And just pop up at the fifty yard line. It's like this bear on a chain in pregame warmups, <laughs> and you got you got the other teams like side eyeing it the whole time. They won't go anywhere past like the twenty five. They don't want to get anywhere near it. Like that that that's a true home field advantage. I don't know why we don't see people do that. What what about like uh, Wisconsin or, or Michigan rolling out a wolverine or a badger? I mean, you know those aren't necessarily the biggest, most burly animals, but those things are badass, man. Yeah, you do not want to mess with a badger or a wolverine. Take it out and put it on the opposing team's sideline <laughs> and leave it there for the game. Game like, over. With the door halfway open. Like, yeah. not not open enough that he's going to get out, but open up far enough that if you make a mistake and you bump it, you might open it up and then he's loose on your sideline. This takes me right back to a summer discussion you and I had. Uh, and that is that Youngstown State does host... South Dakota State could have had a penguin and a, and, and a jackrabbit. That sounds like a children's book. It, it is. But, I would read that to my future child. But it, it, still, still better than no well, mascot. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. There's all these different – like you think about the teams, and we're so focused on the players. But if you really focus on yeah. the big picture, what's really important here, and you say, man, if these guys each had a live mascot and got them together – it's a whole different dynamic of the game. A quick take on these Florida Gator uniforms this weekend. Uh, they look like, you won't appreciate this reference, but a lot of people will. They look like grayscale, which is a disease on Game of Thrones. It's like you're, pretty much your your body turns into like stone, charcoal stone. And, uh, Does that make you like them? I mean, was that n- no, I'm I'm not really here for them at all. <laughs> um, I, I, they had potential. I think if you would have kept the print pattern but made the jerseys black like the helmet and then done the pants like charcoal gray or light gray or something like that, like the green with the orange and then the navy blue as an accent, it's just too much. Like make it black, gray, white, and you if you want like a pop accent color, have it do the orange. But it's it's like they, they try too much to stay in line with their their actual team colors. And then they threw this gator green as like a primary, and it just it just looks wrong. Kyle, I've got a number for us today. We are 195 days away from the 2018 NFL Draft. And with the 195th pick in the 2010 NFL Draft, the Pittsburgh Steelers selected a wide receiver from Central Michigan, Mr. Antonio Brown. Oh, man. Heck of a pick. Yeah, that's that's a great number. That's yeah. um it, that's it, pretty it, incredible, isn't it? To think think like Brown made it that deep into a draft class. Yeah, it seems like almost every year there's one of those guys and it's what uh what kind of fuels this, right? To to try not to be the draft analyst that didn't notice that guy. Right. And yeah. uh <laughs> Uh, man, uh, Antonio Brown, I mean, top two, top three receiver in the NFL right now. So. Best, best route runner in the league, hands down. He doesn't oh, have yeah. the, the physical element of some of the other guys, but as far as running routes, I think he's on a, a, a plane of his own. He's on equal fun, amongst his peers. Fun fact is last year's 195th pick, 
Tanner Vallejo, Buffalo Bills. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's one of my favorite. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna actively root for Tanner, even though he's on Buffalo, just because of the memories of yeah. you know how delirious we got when when he was called Yayeho instead of Vallejo. <laughs> don't think I don't notice your your Bills digs on your fan rag articles. We, we, you've been doing these weekly uh, best worst rookie performances, and I see them. I see what you're doing there, Kyle. What, dogging what do you on do you, yeah, will you know dogging on Zay Jones and then praising up William Jackson. He's not even a rookie. Doing hey, something I, good against the Bills. Will's playing in his sixth overall game, fifth overall game. You won't he, say anything good about Trey White. He dominated the Falcons. He didn't make your list. I'm a. I didn't do the game that week. Well, you should have known. Should have known, Kyle. You know what? I actually. Um, no, I lied. I don't have anything good to say in Buffalo rookies this week. I'm sorry. Well, just uh, I've I've been very easy to you on on the uh, the circus that is the Miami Dolphins right now, and, and I've also been yeah. very easy to you about your preseason Josh Allen takes. If you want what to play that game, I'm ready to talk. I'm ready to talk <laughs> when you are, Kyle. <laughs> Having the time of his life. Let's save it for another week. We got to talk. About, you, you've derailed this conversation massively with the, yeah. the animal mascots. So let's get into some, some week seven college football prospect matchups. If you're still with us, yeah. If you guys haven't given up already with me saying that the Prosper, the, the mascot matchups are more important than the game. Um, Texas A&M, Florida. And I'll take first one here. Uh, there's Florida. The Florida program has lost so much of what it could have been this year because of, you know, this whole credit fraud and suspension thing that's kind of looming over the program. And uh, But there's a matchup here. Duke Dawson, a corner for Florida. Uh, opportunity to match up against Christian Kirk, and why this one is interesting to me is I watch Christian Kirk play football, and I don't get the vibe of like an actual wide receiver. He still, to me, feels like more of an athlete that they get out in space uh, that can get vertical on you because he's an explosive, dynamic athlete, and he's got nice ball skills. I mean, he, he's he's a natural receiver. But as far as like running routes and nuance in those areas of the game, it's it's not asked of him at this point. I don't feel like from from what I have seen of Christian Kirk, and I know statistically this this is looking like a down year for him. He's only got uh, 27 receptions for 316 yards through uh, six games. They're halfway through the year. Well, he's had over 80 catches in each of his first two seasons. Uh, now he's got five touchdown catches, but this game. Uh, He's going against Duke Dawson, an opportunity to go against Duke Dawson, where uh, Duke is very much a technically polished player. So I think that's what makes this an interesting and a, a fascinating comparison and, and compare and contrast of, of player styles where you've got Kirk, who's just a really dynamic athlete. And you can get him the ball quick, and he'll make guys miss. You can get him vertical. He can run past guys, and he can catch the ball well. But I don't necessarily see, like, you know, we're talking about Antonio Brown route running. Like, there's there's certain levels to running routes and how you set up defensive backs and how you break and stem at the line of scrimmage in order to, to get the defensive back to flip his hips open the way you want him to or beat him off the line of scrimmage with press and those sorts of things. I just haven't seen a lot of that illustrated from Kirk's game yet. So going against a corner like Duke, who uh, has great ball skills, Pretty quick. He's got a nice bucket step and able to drive on throws. And, and technically speaking, is a pretty polished football player. I think that's going to be an interesting individual matchup, a game within the game to watch for Texas A&M and Florida. 
You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. About 720 to 729, select styles only. Kyle, like I mentioned in the open, I'm headed to uh, Durham to see the Duke Blue Devils take on the Florida State Seminoles, the one in three Seminoles having a season that I don't think anyone expected. The big loss of DeAndre Francois quarterback has been tough for them to overcome, and uh, they've lost to some pretty good football teams. So uh, looking to get their season on track and you know position themselves for a bowl game against Duke. And uh, there's some some good prospects to, to keep in mind here. I want to start on the Duke side of things, and they have two guys on defense that I like a lot. One is, is a guy that caught my eye live, and I think he's having a really good year. That's defensive tackle Mike Ramsey. He's got uh, seven tackles for loss and five sacks so far this season already. And he's got a lot of power in his hands. He's squatty. He uh, has really big-time motor, and he has range. So he's a quick, powerful, athletic defensive tackle who's making plays in the ACC right now. Take notice of this guy. If you're watching his football game, he's number 99. Uh, behind him on the second level is a, is a redshirt sophomore linebacker, Joe Giles Harris, who is having a monster season. As a uh, redshirt freshman, he started for this team last year at 107 tackles, 9.5 tackles for loss, and 4 sacks. Well, this season already through six games, he's got 58 tackles, 10 tackles for loss, and two and a half sacks. And when you watch him play, you watch this Duke defense, this guy pops. He flies all over the field. He's got sideline to sideline range. He makes plays and coverage. He's physical attacking downhill, and he reads things quick. 6'2", 230. And uh, you know, I think he's going to be a future star on this defense and a, and a prospect that will continue to ascend as uh, as next year kind of comes together. I don't anticipate him being a guy we're talking about for this class. You don't really see a lot of Duke guys declare early, but he is a really good football player. Um, I talked about their quarterback, Daniel Jones, uh, going into the last time I was at Duke before the Miami game, and he's played so bad ever since that. Um, last week against Virginia, he was 14 of 42 for 124 yards, two picks in the, in the touchdown. Um, he needs to get it going. And, uh, you know, this Florida State defense is going to be a tough challenge for him because there's still a lot of NFL talent on that defense. And the guy that I'm anxious to see is Derwin James, a safety. And uh, this will be a really good opportunity to see him at the game because I'll get to see the whole field and really have a good idea for the ebbs and flows and where he's lining up and what type of range he has and how he's tracking down things. And he's taking some criticism for his angles and, uh, and those types of things. So this will be a really nice showcase for selfishly for me to be able to see Derwin James uh, attack a, a Duke defense that is very much has some horizontal elements to it, but they have some physical running backs and they have an elusive back in Sean Williams. So I, I think that there's some good dimensions to this Duke offense. That'll be a good uh, test for Derwin James from a scouting perspective. Also very anxious to see uh, Florida state wide receiver Auden Tate, the big guy, six, five, 200 and whatever pounds, and, uh, you know, we know that he can win at the catch point with size, but I'm really curious to see how he moves. 
really see how uh, if Duke plays press against him to see you know what type of uh, ability he has to get off the line and check out that release and what type of explosion he gets out of his stance. So really excited about this game from from a scouting perspective. And then you know let's see if Florida State can get things going this season because if they you know if they go to one and four, I mean you, you start worrying if they're going to be bowl eligible, right? So. Uh, uh, Anxious to see this game for a lot of reasons, and hey, at noon, tune in with me, man. We'll watch it together. Well, you know, with the, with the fascinating thing about this Florida State bowl eligibility thing is they play 11 games. They lost That's a true. game with the Hurricane. So there's a legit chance Florida and Florida State enter <laughs> the last game of the year, both 5-5 five and five playing for bowl eligibility. Wouldn't that be something? That, I mean, wow. that's, I mean it's, it's an odd year. And I think that's as as good of an embodiment of how odd of a year it is in college football as you can potentially find, where those two programs are five and five playing for bowl eligibility against each other. Uh, Joe, one of our NDT scouting midseason all draft eligible prospects is playing across the line of scrimmage from another member of the midseason 2017 NDC scouting all-draft eligible team. I'm talking, of course, about Arkansas center Frank Ragnall and defensive tackle Deron Payne from Alabama. So this is another SEC matchup. We just got done previewing Texas A&M and Florida for an individual matchup. Well, this one, this is a, uh, a very different kind of matchup in comparison to Dawson and Kirk because this is strength versus strength. Both of these guys are powerful dudes. They are guys that win by setting the line of scrimmage. I mean, this is going to be an absolute slugfest between these two. And I'm really looking forward to... Trench play is not necessarily the sexiest thing that you can watch in any football game. But if you take the time to watch this individual matchup between these two guys going head-to-head... I I really think this is going to be one of those where you see one guy get a rep, the next guy comes back on the next play and gets him. A lot of back and forth when you have both guys that are powerful, you know, tone setters with physicality. Um, it's going to be something that uh, is going to be back and forth constantly throughout the entire game. Uh, obviously, the Alabama unit as a whole has a noted advantage over the Arkansas offense. Um, So don't necessarily look at this game if you're going to watch this game and expect a competitive game from that perspective. Look at this individual matchup and watch these two guys and watch where their hands go. You know, Joe, I I believe you you voiced, I don't want to call it a criticism, but it it was an observation about Ragnow and where he carries his hands at times. Um so that's kind of something that I'm putting my star next to in this matchup and saying, okay, let's look at the hand usage. Who's winning with their hands? Who's got hands inside? Who's hitting with their strike first? Yeah, for sure. And, and I think that'll be a really good kind of witness test for, for that observation to see, you know, if that's something that Payne is able to take advantage because we know he's fundamentally sound with his hands. He's super powerful. And if Ragnar gives up his chest, then, you know, that's going to be a win all day long for Payne. But, uh, Definitely a good scouting uh, matchup to keep in mind. Um, I want to get into another individual matchup. That's kind of the theme here today. It's not necessarily previewing games, but matchups that we're excited about. And the next one for me is Jordan Whitehead, the Pittsburgh safety against this North Carolina State offense. And uh, if you guys get a chance, Jonah Tolls earlier this week put a piece on NDT scouting 
where he did a compare and contrast article on Derwin James and Jordan Whitehead. And your initial reaction, probably the same as mine, is why are we talking about those two guys in the same sentence? Because Derwin James is a Derwin James is a blue chip top of the first round prospect, and Jordan Whitehead is some safety for Pittsburgh that I don't know much about. Well, uh, the, the the argument that Jonah builds on that pace that that uh, on his case for Whitehead is pretty compelling, and it's it's rooted in in a lot of research and tape study. And I don't know if I agree with him or not, but. Uh, all of a sudden, I'm curious to see more of this Jordan Whitehead, and I think going against North Carolina State's offense this week is going to be a good showcase because uh, there's so many layers to North Carolina State's offense where they hit you with power, they hit you with outside runs, they can attack you vertically, they attack you uh, working the quick game and the short windows uh, you know, right away. And, and so from a, a safety's perspective, being tasked with so many different assignments where he's going to play some man, he's going to play some single high, he's going to attack downhill. He's going to be having to t- tackle Jalen Samuels and Naheem Hines in, in the open field. I mean, I want to see all of it. And I think, uh, you know, Jonah's got my attention here with that piece. And, and I like this matchup right here on the heels of that against North Carolina State. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what uh, Mr. Jordan Whitehead has uh, against North Carolina State. And he also plays running back. So, you know, he'll he'll be a big factor in that game. I expect North Carolina State to take care of their business against Pitt. But uh, from a prospect perspective, definitely want to see what this Jordan Whitehead's made of. Yeah, you know, it's uh, this was the guy that uh, you looked at Pitt's first three games. He was suspended the first three games of the year this year. Uh, disciplinary reasons, uh, I haven't found a definitive answer as to what that was, but he missed Penn State and Oklahoma State. <clears throat> Not <laughs> ideal games to miss on your team's schedule. So uh, Whitehead did pop at me last year. He, he popped at me um, – Obviously, we we watched a lot of Pitt to catch Nate Peterman and James Conner and um, Juan Price. Juan Price, you know the uh, the, uh, the linebacker uh, Matt Galambos was there. Was one of the guys that we studied as well. So there, I mean, there's there's a number of players that we watched on that Pittsburgh team from last year, and I remember coming back to his name quite a bit. He's a playmaker, so he, he's a player I like. Um, I do think Jonas Take is a little more aggressive than where I stand, but I can appreciate a lot of what Joan is outlying uh, about Jordan Whitehead and, and agree with him a lot about what his potential ceiling is uh, as a football player. Now, Joe, I hate to do this, but I got to, I got to bring a somber mood uh, to the podcast for my last prospect matchup, because it's a matchup we should have had. We should have <laughs> had this one. Texas-Oklahoma play this week. Offensive tackle Connor Williams. Pass rusher Agbanyo Okoronkwu. All for naught. Connor Williams tore his meniscus in his knee. He's he's going to be out the rest of the season, it seems like. Um, hopefully the severity of that is not so severe that it, it prevents him from, if he chooses to come out and, and enter the NFL draft, he may do so and be healthy in that process. This would have been such a fun matchup, Joe. Okoronkwu... Uh, he made my ballot for preseason or midseason all draft eligible. Uh, he's playing terrific football this year. I think I look at his stature, I look at his speed to power ability, I look at his first step, I look at his ability to get underneath the guy's pads. I see some Yannick Ngakwe here, and Yannick was one of my favorite players from that draft class. You know, I had him 52nd on my board, um, but you don't have to have a guy rated high to be one of your favorites, and. 
Banya is going to be one of those guys for me this year where uh, he understands he's got two-way goes. He knows how to play through contact. His cornering ability is pretty nifty, and it's it's something where he's not long, but he plays to his strengths as far as uh, ergonomically. And, and being a shorter-statured guy, he corners really well because his center gravity and his hips, he's really thick in the lower half. So because he carries so much weight down in the lower half and he's shorter, he can really turn and pivot nice and tight and get low to the ground and really work underneath pad level as he presses his hips and, and, and flips to flatten to the quarterback. This would have been just a terrific blend of Williams is a textbook offensive tackle. He's got length and athleticism and strength and technical skills are there and his feet are quick and Banya's you know, pretty dynamic as a pass rusher. Uh, so I just had to take some time and mention this because, you know, we've seen this before. Guy gets hurt early in the year. He's out of sight, out of mind. I don't want Connor Williams to be a player that becomes out of sight, out of mind because he's a terrific football player. And you know, I did a study of him at the beginning of the year just to kind of set my expectations. And every bit of hype that you heard about Connor Williams was worth it because he's that good of a player and he's really impressive for his ability to stay balanced. I, I believe I mentioned this on Draft Dude shortly after I did that film study, but Joe, one of our favorite traits about LSU center Ethan Pokic last year was ability recovery balance. His ability to, to absorb contact and then regain his footing and reestablish his base. Connor Williams is very much like that as well, where you know, he's pretty clean technically, but if he ends up eating a pair of hands and they knock him back a little bit, he will bow his back. The way he reworks his feet is super impressive. He gets back into a balanced position, and then he is able from there to re-anchor. So um, I, I just had to lament that because that would have been probably uh, my premier matchup of the weekend. Yeah, we, we are depraved of that. Um, I got a good matchup for you to close with here, and that is – Tennessee running back John Kelly against South Carolina linebacker Sky Moore. And John Kelly, man, he is this Tennessee team. He leads the team in rushing yards. He leads the team in receptions. He leads the team in receiving yards. And uh, Tennessee's making a switch this week at quarterback. They've benched Quentin Dormady, starting Jarrett Guarantano against a Will Muschamp defense who is coming off a three-touchdown performance where they caused three turnovers and scored on defense against Arkansas with Alabama next week. So a tall order here for the Vols with, uh, you know, Butch Jones hanging on by a thread for his job. But, uh, you know, my eyes in this matchup go to John Kelly against Sky Moore because I think it's a good showcase for each one of them. Uh, John Kelly, a very physical runner who thrives on yards after contact, really low center of gravity. He has great balance and uh, terrific leg, leg drive through contact. Well, Sky Moore is more of a rangy, springy linebacker that can cover grounds, exceptional in coverage. Uh, but, you know, his the knock on him is dealing with physicality right on top of him. So there's going to be some collisions in, in holes that uh, will be revealing about Sky Moore because I know what John Kelly is going to bring. I want to see what Sky Moore has when he's having to go, you know, mano a mano with, with a physical back like Kelly. But the flip side of that is, like I mentioned, John Kelly's been a very prolific receiver for Tennessee. And you have to think uh, against a 
a defense that's going to come from all angles and uh, uh, be very aggressive against a quarterback in their first start in Guarantano that, you know, he'll be looking for Kelly very often uh, and as a receiver. And so stacked up against him will likely be a lot of Sky Moore. So uh, an opportunity for Sky Moore to show something that he excels at in terms of pass coverage and how he does in those moments when he's tested with John Kelly as a receiver. So in all layers of offense and defense in terms of run game pass game I think there's a a nice little showcase in this South Carolina Tennessee game between John Kelly and Sky Moore Kyle anything else that you want to touch on before we let the people go for the weekend enjoy some football this weekend because we're in the second half of the year Joe yeah second half (laughs) and 195 days to the draft man I mean it's oh man it's uh well it's got a long way to go but it's uh it'll go by quick so enjoy it folks make sure that you are keeping up with all that we're doing here on the draft dudes podcast and the way you can do that is by hitting that subscribe button leave us that five star review that way new listeners know what they're getting into with this podcast and if you really enjoy what we're doing we'd really appreciate you sharing the podcast on Twitter or Facebook or telling a friend about what we're doing uh we're trying to build something awesome here and we need your help uh Make sure that you're also keeping track of all the work that we're doing on NDT Scouting. The best way to do that is to follow us on Twitter. Kyle is at NDT Scouting. I am at the Joe Marino. NDT Scouting has its own Twitter handle, which is at NDT Scouting LLC. So hit those follow buttons and keep up with us and interact. We love talking football with you on the Twitter machine as well. Uh, We'll be back again for you on Monday to recap the weekend in college football. Until then, I'm signing off for Kyle Krabs. This is Joe Marino, and thanks for listening to the Draft Dudes Podcast. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. About 720 to 729, select styles only. Hi. It's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.